Did you know that it is Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Carden, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little, little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. The ice cream scene. It's all really, really fun. You're, you're just spectacular. Oh, I'm so and- glad. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Literally. It's me, Robbie Lowe. Um, Wow. Fred Armisen is here today. And um, we are starring together in a new show on Netflix. It is currently out. You can log on and see it. It is a comedy, super funny, called Unstable. It's co-created by my son and I, based on our relationship I play an insane um, tech founder, and Fred plays my psychiatrist. And he's just amazing on the show, as he is in everything. So um, here's Fred Armisen from our new show, Unstable, currently on Netflix. Fred, you look like you're dressed like you're, you're climbing Mount Everest. Is it just cold in your studio? It's just cold in the studio. So uh, I'm at this kind of studio office space and uh, um, it's just a little chilly. So I sort of, you know, it was raining outside and I just felt like not taking off my jacket. I hope that's okay. No, it's okay with me. But okay. I was I was concerned that maybe the heating bill didn't get paid. You're I don't I don't know. You're in Lhasa or some exotic location. I just didn't know. Or it could be Vancouver on a shitty project. I mean, I just don't <laughs> or, know. Or, isn't it funny that we associate Vancouver with a shitty project? Oh, please. I mean, it, look, it's a wonderful place, but you know, yes, a wonderful place. But the the projects like there's, it's just a lot of production there, and you just sort of end up we've all ended up there and it's fine but what's the worst location vis-a-vis the project so here's the scenario mm-hmm. for you guys out there we get a script it's like takes place in i don't know ancient rome mm-hmm. and like yeah so you're gonna fret here's the offer here's the money it's, it's four weeks and we're shooting it it takes place in ancient rome and we're shooting it in winnipeg <laughs> You have, <laughs> and you're excited for a moment. You're like, "Whoa!" And then you're like, "Oh man, okay." And then you look on a map. Do you ever look on a map and you go, "Oh, whoa!" <laughs> I like, don't know. That's really see. far from everything. No, if, I mean Winnipeg, great place. I've been there a bunch, but you know, if you're working, you see a side of a city that be- becomes not as fun because it's not like you know. 
fancy no. dinner time or like, you know, shopping no, time. It's like this sort of you're stuck in a, one part of town. But also you go, here's my, my issue with it is I go, what about shooting in? I mean, obviously, we've made up the scenario. We lo- we've it's we've established we love Winnipeg. But what about Winnipeg is help is makes you want to shoot an ancient Roman movie there. That's I the part know. that drives me crazy. I know that's so especially and this is even like this is maybe uh, I don't want to be partial to California, but, you know, it's just that we have so many studios here. And when I moved here, I was like, what happened to like the whole idea that this is where all the studios were, that (laughs) you can make anything here? Like I'd go to the Universal Studios ride and like, whoa, you could do Europe. It could look like, you know, uh, Germany. It could look like – Italy and all of a sudden we're just somewhere Here's my else. favorite. I'm shooting a miniseries that takes place in Nevada. Mm-hmm. I'm on the plane mm-hmm. flying over Nevada. No. To go to South Africa. What? Oh, yeah. How about that? What? It's driving distance. Uh, it's, no, I, it's, I would give you a ride to Nevada. That's how close it is. It's like, well, we could drive to the location or we could take the longest airline flight humanly possible. Yes. Uh, Let's take the longest airline flight humanly. But on the other side of it, though, I got to go to South Africa, which is one of the most amazing places I've ever been. I heard heard it's it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I heard it's it's great. So, like, I guess for every location we go on, we also get to go to places we would never go and have amazing memories. That's... That's a really great part of it. I I will just – I will never understand economics because no matter how many times someone will say to me, hey, it's just the budget and this is how we save money. I'm like, you're getting first-class tickets for so many people or or any kind of flight. Is That is not going to be cheap to get Americans over to – how are you saving money? But then – How about this? I just don't know. Robert Downey was telling me this, that on um, Sherlock Holmes – the first one, they shot anything that took place inside in Budapest. Yeah, <laughs> because it was cheaper to build the sets. But it's, just, so it's, it's inside. It's inside. It's inside. It Someday, can be in a warehouse in Van Nuys. If they had acting classes or just whatever, whatever classes those are, I do wish that. I hope maybe they do have this. They had classes about the economics of it all. Oh, I'll go even further. I wish they had acting classes that even halfway taught you what you were really going to expect really working on a set. I bet you it's not. I feel like it's probably not taught. And we love our jobs, but there are things that you would never imagine are part of that that we experience every day. And it's not a complaint. It's just that, you know, it's really early. It's a lot of waiting and it's some early, early mornings. My favorite is always... You have one big, you have a monologue. That's, you're there to do this huge, one big scene, huge monologue. You prepared, you prepared, you prepared. You get there at five in the morning, going to makeup, going to hair, you eat. You're like trying to, you're like buzzing. You're ready. You, you're up, even though it's really early because you're pumped. And they go, all right, so um, we'll, uh, we're going to do some setting up and we'll let you know. And you go to the, then they, they ice you like a field goal kicker. Like an hour goes by, you haven't heard from anybody, and finally somebody knocks on the door. And like, we're having some technical stuff, but um, you know, once you relax, just to have some, and we'll we'll let you know when it's time to rehearse. You go mm-hmm. another hour goes by, and then they knock and they go about ten minutes. Do we need you in about ten minutes? You go ten minutes is actually twenty minutes, and then they take you for the rehearsal. You rehearse, it goes great. Now that we're going to light it, and now they're breaking for lunch. Mm-hmm. So now you break for lunch. And then you come back and everybody's slow after lunch and they're like, all right, 20 minutes. And then they knock on the door, but it's not 20 minutes. It's actually 30 seconds after they've told you. Yeah. And then you go and then you get there and then there's a guy with a with a buzzsaw in the next block mm-hmm. and they want to try to shut that down because it's ruining the sound. Yeah. So you go back to your trailer and you wait and they try and the guy won't take 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. So you got to wait for him to finish doing the buzzsaw. Then they come back to you and now you go back and you do it again and now the sun's going down. Mm-hmm. And you, you have about 15 minutes to do it. That should be no heat. You, know, you only need a couple of takes. You do the first take. You feel good about it. They go, we have a focus issue. 
do it again. Do again, the buzzsaw guy starts again. Anyway, at the end of the day, you get 30 seconds, you end up with 30 seconds to do this scene that you've been pre- preparing forever. That happens. I mean, I'm oh, kind of oh, doing oh, a bit. This is not an exaggeration. Not really. Everything you just described, I've experienced it. That, that is for real. Uh, there's also this sort of, you think, you think it's up to you, like what your best take was. You're like, oh my God, I killed it. It does. It does not matter. They're like, well, there was this technical thing, like you said, the focus. There's a sound issue. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you, do, you think. You do one that you think is great, and and there's no issues, and the director goes, "That's fantastic, amazing. Let's do it again." Yes. Do do it again for for, for what? Did you ever get? Why, why? Did you ever get into the hole of that second time that you do it? You're like, "Why are we doing it again?" And then there's a new problem. Yes. And then you're like, oh, we just, we had it three ago. Now there's a brand new thing that like, we've invented a new problem. The one for safety hole, I call it. Yes. And by the way, there's no safety anymore. It used to be, there would be something with the film that you wouldn't know until the lab got it. Right. Now we don't shoot on film. There's no, there's no reason for safety. Nothing. You could watch it right away. You watch it right away. We don't have these problems on Unstable. I, I mean- you know, on, on unstable, we we. By the way, you're so fun in the show. You're oh, hilarious. Thanks. Have you seen Have you seen any of it yet? I've not seen any of it. I saw the the trailer and and some of the promotional stuff, but I have not seen it yet. What? How did it all come out? It's amazing. It is wow. amazing, and you are so funny in it. I mean, I, I mean, one of my favorite things we put in the. I, I was like, we have to put this in the trailer where where we talk about traveling and we say we want to go to Ibiza, mm-hmm. birthplace of civilization, where they invented the DJ. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's funny. It's our ice cream scene's really fun. Um, the ice cream scene. It's all really, really fun. You're you're just spectacular. Oh, I'm so and glad. I'm so glad it all came out. So everybody, be sure to go onto Netflix and see Fred just absolutely destroying on Unstable. Um did you have a good time doing it? Yeah, you guys were all good. I had a great time. That was easy. I, I know things, that's not the, you know, always the, uh, the, you know, the reason to do anything, but it was easy in that uh, I got to do like, you know, fun takes of things. And I really liked watching you guys work. This is what I learned about you, which is kind of, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but like, you know, you've been doing this a while. Like you've been doing this for so long and- on set, you're not uh, jaded or like, I just want to go away. You like hang out and you're not doing it as a favor. Like, I guess I'll hang out. You, you're like really present. You kind of want to goof around a little bit. You want to talk to everybody. You And uh, I don't know, it was great to see you. It makes, <laughs> it makes the whole set very, uh, it just relaxes everything. And then all of a sudden it's like a, uh, like a light, fun experience. I love that. I love hearing that. It's well. I always find that comedy. It's such a different vibe than my other show, Nine One One Lone Star, because that's that's a drama. It's big. There's spectacle, and Unstable is just like how how what's the funniest we can possibly be like, and that I think lends itself to just hanging out and spitballing and being a goof with people, like. My favorite thing ever was where I'm hugging you as you're as you're leaving the basement, and I'm telling you what movies oh, yeah. you should you should watch, and the fact that there is a joke about August Osage County <laughs> makes me laugh so hard. There's no show in the world that's going to make a joke about August Osage County, no. but this one. Like how much. <laughs> How much so do we obscure. say those words? How much do we ever put those words together? No. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I'm so glad. I also like the scene. There's a scene where you try to take John Owen's, his, ba- is it his, there's something, is it, what is he eating? And, and oh, you won't. Granola? You won't it. Yeah. It's so amazing. And how little John Owen, my, my boy, he, I thought he was, he's so good in it. I didn't, you know, you don't know as a father when you're working with somebody and you have so much invested in it, you're like kind of blinded. And, but once you see it cut together, it's, 
irrefutable. It's going to be what you're, there's, there's going to be no, no denying what it is. You're going to be, oh, that's awful. Or, oh, that's great. And like, yeah. he's so good in it. Yeah. I remember working with him too. Like he, he, the look on his face is very sweet and earnest. He's got this kind of, which I uh, really like, like it really like propels things a lot. Also, he was great. What a, what a great guy. Um, and I'm glad it worked out that way. Cause I, 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 when I've talked to you about like your family life, you're also not like everyone's get there. Everyone's got to get into showbiz. That's not your deal. No. Like I would say the opposite. So this this way, it felt like the work was stood for itself. It spoke for itself. It was just like there. You know, he was there for the work, and I, I really like that too. It's such a fun set, um, and and for, it felt like camp to me. Yeah, I mean, it really felt like camp. Um, Fred in the show plays the psychiatrist who tries to blackmail me and um, we put him and then, and then um, I, I lock him in the basement of my mansion and then he doesn't want to leave because it's too fun to live in the mansion. And then I'm just, I stay, I want to stay. And, and we're, we're friends who can't quit each other. Yeah. That's, that's pretty great. When we can't quit each, it's very Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. It's very yeah. I can't I can't quit you. No. no. Oh, like, how how about the? I, I'm realizing all my funny references about you have to do with food. Oh, um, kettle corn is a great moment. Yes, like, I found kettle corn. Yeah, variety pa- variety pack. Yeah, I think I don't know what takes they use, but I think yeah, we use variety pack, and there were a couple other whatever flavors. Variety variety pack is in. Yeah. Okay. Great. If you're thinking about doing some home remodeling, check out Window World. Go to windowworld.com and check out their Windows Inspiration Guide. The guide is a dream book of page after page of beautiful windows. It's not just about how good they look. These beauties earned the Good Housekeeping Seal and Energy Star Certification. Go to windowworld.com to schedule your free consultation. Tell them you heard about it here on Literally with me, Rob Lowe. Window World, America's exterior remodeler. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone, and an extra high quality, amazing smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. All good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash Rob. That's Harry's dot com slash rob for a three dollar trial set the weather is getting warmer it's time to ditch the jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees but there's no need to waste money on clothes that only last one season with quince now you can get high quality pieces that never go out of style you'll be wearing year after year quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100 european linen shirts for thirty dollars performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering with the top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings directly onto you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. My producer recently made an order for Quince, and here's what he had to say. I'm really excited to revamp my closet with Quince. I cannot wait for my items to arrive from Quince. You know, I'm a sweater guy. I was looking at that burgundy cashmere crew neck. 
I love the blue chore jacket. Maybe I'll throw some joggers in there. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash rob for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Rob to get free shipping and 360 day returns. Quince dot com slash Rob. You know, it's fun also about this show. And I, I think we we really delivered on, you know, c- comedies are very much of their time. And, and, and every once in a while, there'll be a t- quote unquote timeless comedy and they're, but they're really rare. Like, look, I love the screwball comedies as much as anybody, but when you watch those screwball comedies, Howard Hawks and everything get crushed, it's like, you don't really, they're of their time. You know, a, a comedy is like a, it's a it's sort of a young person's vibe and it has to be commenting or relevant to the times. And we're living in a time for whatever reason where comedy isn't really laugh out loud. It, 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 it isn't. Um, we went through the irony period of David Letterman. Yeah. Right. Remember irony comedy? Yeah. Everything yeah. was ironic and eye rolly and yeah. Janine Garofalo and, you know, all that like the stuff. And, and now we're in a thing where it's like, is White Lotus a comedy? Really? Is it? <laughs> is is Nurse Jackie? I mean, it's been off the air for a while, but it, Edie Falco won for Best Comic Actor. Won every award. Yeah, it just is Succession really a comedy? Succession? Yeah, there's I love an, Succession. It's my favorite show on TV. But like, it's not Thirty Rock. It's not right. The Office. Yeah, it's not Parks and Rec. And Unstable is. It's comedy in that vein, and and there's not a lot of it out there. Yeah, the it definitely had like the rhythm of it all was like pure jokes, pure all the way jokes. Through. Yeah. Yeah, but that, also there's also a school of comedy where it's set up joke punchline, set up joke punchline. That's very yeah. sitcommy. Yeah, and that's not my really my jam. I know it can be very popular. Yeah, but but it's not that either. It literally is. It's like Veep. Veep's a, a laugh out loud comedy. Yeah, in, in that um, zone. And I would say Arrested Development is another one. Sure. Like those are those are the shows that influenced. Unstable. If you like those shows, you're going to love yeah. Unstable. 30 Rock was a real – that uh, when that ended, I feel like nothing really replaced that. How No. Just like – it was like a machine gun of jokes. Did you ever do a 30 Rock? Yes. What did you play? I played a neighbor who uh, Liz or Tina's character thought was a terrorist – Amazing, and so this character is oh, like, of course, oh, of course, yes, yeah, it's like, famous. I know, yeah, it's amazing. Like you know, training in the in the park and like going on, you know, like just doing a lot of stuff, like sort of on the ground. And she's like, that's a terrorist. <laughs> and what he was training for was the Amazing Race. No, it's ama- I re- I remember now. I can I can remember a knock on the door, and you kind of barely open the door and stick your head out. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. That's she, amazing. She comes up with great stuff. Thirty Rock is. It's my favorite comedy of all time, probably. Has really? Be. I think. What yeah, else? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not. By the way, and I'm not saying this just to be whatever, but Portlandia is one of them too. Oh, thanks. Thank you. For sure. I mean, there's just so many. Because, I mean, if you want to go back, I mean, I'd go back to like SCTV and all that stuff. And Well, those are sketch. Those are sketch. sketch. Okay. There's sketch shows, right? Yeah. And I guess Portlandia is kind of a sketch show. Yeah, it was of. a weird sketch. Abstract. What's your What was your favorite character to play on Portlandia? I did this character with Carrie where we were sort of these goths, Amazing. and we called them the weirdos. They had sort of long black hair and like white face paint and like dark circles around their eyes, just kind of really exaggerated goths. But we were kind of normal. We would just go to, you know, Target and stuff and or go to the beach. And that felt very – I just really love those characters. And I felt like I was in a cartoon or something. It's fun to be in a, in a, in a living cartoon. Yeah. There's a little bit of that unstable. My character's a little bit like a cartoon. I, I like when you're the women that run the um, – Oh, the feminist, feminist bookstore. Yeah. The feminist bookstore. Yeah. That was like based on a real place there. And uh, yeah, we those those are pretty improvised. It was just us in those costumes making stuff up because it's easy because we were sort of behind a 
sort of counter or register so we could just go off and talk about whatever was around us, you know? That's so amazing. Um, oh, tell me about, so we talked last time you were on the podcast a little about documentary now and what's, what's the status of that season? Uh, that's out. That's out on AMC plus on IFC as part of that. You know, how like all those companies yep. kind of turn into one thing. Yeah. And, uh, it was, I loved it. It's one of my favorite things to do. You know, it was, we shot it all in England and yeah, it came out just the way we wanted it. Uh, you know, one of them took place in Wales. We shot it in Wales. That, that's a place. That was one where we shot at the locations we were sort of pretending to be at. It wasn't like, hey, it, this whole thing takes place in Wales, but we're shooting it in Salt Lake City. No, no. <laughs> this was, yeah, this was Wales for Wales. Wales and for that Wales. Was, and that was like a sports documentary where uh, there was a sport where people just throw rocks at each other. <laughs> Uh, and then we did another one in Blackpool uh, about a hairdresser, and Kate Blanchett was in that one. Oh my god! Um, yeah, so I'm name dropping. I just no, dropped. I dropped that no, name. No, you're not name dropping. I listen. I'm a big believer in the Ty, Ty Cobb quote, which is, "It ain't bragging if you've done it." Great. How was she? What was it was like to work with Kate Blanchett? She like really, you know, she brings her own uh, like prosthetic teeth and like you know wigs and stuff. Wow. So she really gets into it. And she did wow. the accent. There's like a Blackpool accent. This Blackpool is this city in England. It's a little bit like our Atlantic City or Reno. Mm-hmm. And man, she really gets into it. Have you seen her? Have you seen Tar? Yeah. She's incredible. To- Todd Field, who wrote and directed it, is a, is a great old friend. And he only makes like one movie every 18 years since his last movie. I mean, so it's always, can you imagine he hasn't made a movie in 18 years and then he made Tar because he, you know, he has great taste and he doesn't want to just do anything and he writes and directs his own stuff. And, you know, it's hard he, to get stuff. How does he, he sustain himself? I mean, that's kind he of. He does. He has a commercial business. Ah. He direct. He direct. So he, you know, it's a great, it's like Ridley Scott. Those guys, yeah. I mean, there's so many great directors who go out there and direct commercials and you never know. And, and that's what they do. And usually yeah. they're great commercials. That's great. What a great, you know, I guess right? I, I call it side job, but it's like, not, it's a, it's like a main thing that kind of fuels the rest of your interests, yeah. you know? What's well, like the old, um, I mean, it's been attributed to so many different actors, the, the, the equation of I do one for me and two for them. Oh, nice. Right. Which is meaning there's, you do a passion project and then you do yeah, maybe one to you know, big broad comedy to pay the bills or whatever. And then you get that, that finances and let you go do the things that you think are really special. Do you think you have that in your life or in your work? I, you don't have to give anything away, but is there an element of that in your life? I definitely know that it's important. And I, I was just on this big trip. I was able to go, um, to Egypt, Jordan, Israel. I just got back yesterday. I mean, just in terms of what you're asking me, what's interesting is you don't get people coming up to you in Jordan who they they don't speak English. They're like literally people living like Bedouins, but they've, you know, somehow seen something I've done recognized in the weirdest places. And that that's from the ones that you know, that are more audience centric, you know, that's why you do 911 Lone Star travels all over the world, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's exciting. And then, you know, they're, they're, they're not recognizing me from like, you know, behind the candelabra, (laughs) you know, which is one you do for, for a totally different reason. And you, and I do think you have to do both. I really, I really do. And I don't, I don't put one above the other. Because they're they're just they're accomplishing different things. Yeah, but it's funny though. Something like behind the candelabra, it does feel like that's at the forefront of your mind. You're like, no, this is my main thing. There's something about it that uh, you just there's like an assumption. You're like, oh my god, this is going to be it. Uh, they're definitely. I mean, you know what it's like. I mean, because you 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 uh, oh. specialize in this. Is like where you have a part where you just know. You're going to destroy 
And it may not even be the the lead part. I mean, Michael Douglas and 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 um, Jesus, why am I? I'm I'm getting so old. I just had a birthday. Happy week, birthday! So thank you. So I, I can't think of Matt Damon's name. <laughs> I've done Ugh. it. I've done it so much. I've done it with bands that I love, where I'm like, what? Isn't I forgot their name. When? How about when you can? And I always see them. Why? Why is it that you still see them in your mind's eye perfectly clearly? Yes. You think you wouldn't also? You also wouldn't know any. If you can't remember the name, you shouldn't remember anything about them. Uh, absolutely. But, like, but yet you see their face right, like right there. You're like, I see Matt Damon. He's in his rugby outfit from that, you know, Morgan Freeman movie. He plays a rugby player. <laughs> he's he's dressed in his Martian suit. I mean, he's, he's Matt Damon. But I can't <laughs> okay. think of his name. Wait, I have one right this very minute because my mind went to this. You <laughs> mentioned Ty Cobb. Yes. Who's the actor who did the yeah, Ty Cobb? Is it Ray Liotta? Nope. Is it, who played Ty Cobb? From, uh, I'm just exposing myself as- Now you can't even remember his credits. I'm I'm trying to remember his credits. So Wait, I'm going to go to- Ty Cobb. Was that in Eight Men Out? Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, look, they wrote Tommy Lee Jones. They wrote it. I See, I tried to be so smart. That was Elliot. <laughs> Oh. How did Elliot, how the hell do you know Tommy Lee Jones and Eight Men Out? I don't understand. I fully, like, you're like Matt Damon. And all of a sudden I thought, I was like, oh, do I know? And now I know it's Tommy Lee Jones. But yeah, my brain fully does that. Tommy Lee, I mean, Tommy Lee Jones is perfect for Ty Cobb, actually. Yeah, really. Like, just, just kind of. You, you must know him. You know everybody. Yeah. Um, San Ysidro Ranch is a big sort of fancy place here in Santa Barbara and um, like really like fancy, fancy, fancy. And I was there about, I don't know, six, seven years ago. And I'm, and I look over and there's Tommy Lee Jones and I'm looking at him and he's, he's just looking at me like Tommy Lee Jones, right? Just giving me, you know, the Tommy Lee Jones stare. And, you know, we're talking, talking on, I keep looking at him. He keeps looking at him. We keep catching each other's eye. We keep each other's eye. And like about the seventh time I capture his eye, he literally goes, Fuck you! Across the restaurant. <laughs> Meaning what? And I look at him and he goes, Fuck you! Across the restaurant. He was just messing with me. Uh. He was just being... Just, he was unbelievable. He's, he's just... He, he is a badass. A real badass. Where's he from? Actor. Is he from... You know the thing about Tommy Lee Jones? He went to... He went to Yale and it was um this is a famous story but you know, uh, went to Yale and he's Al Gore's roommate right Yale. yeah he's a Rhodes Scholar but I say to Tom Lee Jones fuck you one time I was in Santa Monica and I went to breakfast at like a little at a diner I like going to breakfast at diners right you me too scrambled eggs toast and it's also yep. I had scrambled eggs this morning. Scrambled eggs, bacon. I'm sorry, I could eat so, it every morning. So nice, like it's salty and nice, and also like there's something nondescript about diners. And um, God, I hope this is an okay story. Um, um, then it couldn't be worse than fuck No, or, or better than. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> be funny if it was exactly the same story, and you're like, I no, diner. I just told Tommy you that Jones was there, and he's like, fuck you. <laughs> But I saw uh, Dick Van Dyke. He, Dick Van Dyke just walked in and he sat at the counter and I was amazed. Like, whoa, that's totally him. And he was being friendly with everybody and uh, really sort of uh, sort of chatting with everyone, politely eating. And he was, he was happy to be there. Uh, big, you know, very uh, cheerful. Mm -hmm. Then I tried to make eye contact with him, sort of like, you know, I, I had already been on Saturday Night Live and it was a little bit of like, yeah, I hope he notices that I'm this comedian. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, he did. We started sort of making eye contact and nodding at each other. And he came up to me and, uh, you know, sort of acknowledged, hi, how are you? And then he, his first line of business was, do you know who Brody Stevens is? Brody Stevens, do you know that comedian? He's a comedian like in a sort of, I want to say in the alternative no, he was a touring comedian. He passed mm -hmm. away recently, but that's who he wanted to talk about was this other comedian. And that I really loved that he 
his he took this moment to talk about somebody else because he really loved Brody Stevens. Um, That's obscure enough that it's amazing that he would be hip to Brody Stevens. Yes, and right? to want to talk to to me about it. Yeah, but God, he was great. It was great to see him. That's my story. I got a good I got a good Lauren story. Okay, let's hear it. Anybody who's a longtime listener knows that I love me a good Lauren Michael story. You know, the thing about comedy is it's a young man's game. At a certain point, when Dick Van Dyke would enter and fall over the ottoman, you worried for his health. <laughs> it's really true. Um, I need to talk to you about the Californians, my all-time – What are you doing here? Oh, my Rob, God. took the 405. I guess, wait, you went up to uh, – if you went up to Santa Barbara, I guess you took the one – you took the one, and then you went over Las Persis. Or maybe if you're smart, you waited to Rice, and then to the 101. It's it's the, just the best. It's my favorite. It's one of my all-time favorite sketches ever. But it's true. It's, people in California are obsessed with giving directions on how to get places. Well, it's just it's always been my experience here, and, and I uh, I'm always giving directions and sort of bragging about like what route I took somewhere. So um, it just came from that. It was like a bit that we would do at the read-through table because we would all just have been in LA. So I'd say to Bill Hader, oh, I was just in LA. And they would sort of start joking. I remember Keenan would chime in too. We'd just joke about, I remember always saying, or Bill would always say the word barum. I took barum over to <laughs> Sepulveda. Sepulveda. And uh, so um, it just came from that and a little bit also from uh, Dana Carvey, who I was not on the cast with. I, I had, was speaking to him separately. He did an impression of his son. And uh, his son, he's like, I can't get mad at my son. His son got pulled over or something. And he's like, <laughs> so where Dana was supposed to be like mad at him, he was just, he's like, no, but dad, no, but dad. So he did this face. <laughs> so the impression is a little bit of Dana Carvey's son too. I'm sorry, like Dana the, Carvey doing an impression of his son. I also like the, uh, the the sort of smash cuts where you guys are like shocked when somebody yeah. says something. Yeah. Got, it's a little that's zoom what, in. That's like the sort of soap opera element to it. And you have to quote unquote find your camera, right? Like you yeah, have to yeah. Know what, you have to know what camera is going to be your close up. That's what most of the rehearsals were. Like, okay, that one's mine. And they'd be like three out there. And that one I wrote with this writer, James Anderson. And this is just like typical like writer stuff where like I only had the idea of doing directions and he was the one who was like, no, it should be a soap opera. And then – See, that's that's how the sausage is made at SNL is, and, and that's what people don't really realize. Anytime I've done something, I, I, like I go – back in the day, I go, I do a really good Arsenio Hall. Talk about how long ago that was. And they're like, okay, and then they make it something else or I do a Stone Phillips and like you should be doing – bumpers for the show not yeah. the actual show you have the directions and they that's they they just they're so good at fleshing out what might be just otherwise sort of a one note yeah idea that would go nowhere but it's some you know take someone else to sort of give it the right framing so it's really yeah it's really true Well, you know, no two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas, vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activity allow for such an infinite number of different travel experiences. I mean, I love Texas. I go like this. The people of Dallas, the culture of Austin, and I love any time I get there. If you're a beach person, well, you can go have fun in the sun with Texas 350 miles of coastline. If you're a rugged vacation type, there's campgrounds, hiking trails, state parks, golf is nuts there, foodies, you got your Texas barbecue and live music in Austin. And of course, if you're into the cowboy scene, you can certainly find it there. And now Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom trip matched to their own unique interests. So visit TravelTexas.com slash own to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's traveltexas.com slash get your own. You know, the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast, my dog. 
Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog while you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough, durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats, keep my dogs healthy, and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed. Just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Rob Lowe. What are you working on now? Where am I finding you? What do you? What's the I'm, I'm latest in, in your LA. universe? In the uh, Fred Armisen universe, everybody has to have a universe today. And then, yeah, I'm. I, I feel like I'm working on three different things all in the writing stage, and uh, it's all of that is like the perfect place to be. Like I like that things are sort of get coming together, and um, we're going out to pitch some stuff like soon i don't know next month or something so it's like i i feel like i'm working on many different things at the same time do you write with part do you write with people or by yes, yourself or both no with people always I, i'll start by myself i'll come up with some idea and then i can only get one episode done it's the weirdest thing where i only like thinking of a pilot episode or what the first episode and i never want to do the rest like I'm like this is how it starts I don't have the ability to like then what happens and then the character goes through this I'm like I always want someone else to come up with that I I just like the initial concept and then for someone else to like take it somewhere else and it it, it's turned out for the best that way because then people think of things and it never would have occurred to me that makes I think also comedy is just it would be hard to do alone I mean, making each other laugh in the room or wherever you're writing is half yes. the battle, don't you think? Uh, totally. Otherwise, like yeah, you're just like making yourself laugh kind of. And so, yeah, no, I, just, I just like doing one, like one episode and then bringing someone else in and that's great. And then yeah. a lot of music stuff, you know, I go and play drums on Late Night with Seth Meyers. I've been doing this other weird thing lately where I've been going to record stores with a guitar, I mean, I book it, and mm-hmm. then I do covers. I just go and play covers. That's um, amazing. What what kind of covers? Well, I I did not set up my camera this way for this podcast, but those are the covers right there. I just made a list. No, just, I can't, it's a little. Can you go get the? Go, they're, go get just, the board they're just and bring like it to uh, me? punk rock classics. Uh, let's see. Punk, so punk rock's the genre. He's taking his headphones off. He can't hear me. But here comes the board. I don't have my headphones in, so I hope they're still there. Um, but the thing police is, on, like, oh, police on my back, amazing! Yeah, that's the clash. I love that song. Uh, originally written by Eddie Grant. Never talking to you again. Who's could do? 
Can't make it on time. The Ramones, Gangsters by the Specials. I could be happy by Altered Images. It's just like songs that I like, and it just uh, makes me feel good to like come home after that. It's like the act of playing a guitar. There's these aren't songs that I wrote. Like, oh, look how talented I am, and you know, it, mm-hmm. none of that. It's all like it's like uh, the people who show up. It's almost like reminiscing together. Do, do, is it so? Is it a surprise thing, or is it? No, no, no. Or, I book it. They, they announce book. it. Where but are you going to be in LA anytime? I usually do it at this place called the uh, Permanent Records, which is right near this this office. So it's like so a way gotta, to keep music in my life, and and also like uh, I love going on tour, but it's nice to be home to go out and do like shows around here. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I gotta, I gotta come see that. That would be amazing. Please. What kind of guitar? Do you play acoustic or are you plug uh, electric? In? Electric, and then you- I'll have like um, a loop pedal where I could do wow. a little drum part. So I'll just play like a little drum part, and it'll go underneath it, and then just you know, just keep it simple. Have you ever seen any of the celebrity bands like Kevin Costner band or the or the? Uh, no, and Kevin Bacon. I, I think he's got Ke- well the Bacon Brothers. Yeah, you know who else has a band? I think is. Again, I can see it. Here Modern it is. West. I'm looking at his face in my mind, and I'm not thinking Dennis Quaid. Oh, Dennis Quaid. Okay. I think Dennis Quaid has Modern West is Kevin Costner's band. Good name, Modern West. And then, wait, there's one more we're missing. Do you remember? Well, I don't know. I grew up in Ohio, and there was the Ohio State Fair. That was always a big thing. The state fairs are still a really huge thing. And you would always see, like, like that would be the bullseye. It's like Kevin Costner at the Ohio uh, State yeah, yeah. It's just it must be fun for them to get to go play. And there's like almost like also there's no expectations really. Like that's the fun of it. Right. Is it's just it's for sm- entertainment. It's not like we have to have a hit record. It's like just just to play for fun. Not that they're doing it for money, but that's as you know, the touring is that's that's where it's all at. Everybody's yeah. touring now. The musicians I've I've spoken to have said it's really hard out there. As far as like trying to make a pro, oh my god, I'm talking about money so much. I, I turned this into a money podcast. It is. We we could money and food because it started out food. Yeah. Now it's into my, all the things that are important. Money and food. financial advice. We From should Fred just Arms. give financial advice. You go. You you go to your <laughs> bank and <laughs> pull it up. Fuck you. <laughs> with with the middle finger up. Come on. In, in the middle of Fuck you. With, That's in powerful. the middle of like a blue blood restaurant. Yeah. I that's good. That's impressive. I mean, you, you gotta you gotta give it up to them. Yeah. Um, tell me about history of the world part two. That is uh this uh show that Nick Kroll worked on, like or he's one of the producers on. And uh that's just like every comedian, you know, in that scene. Right. Whatever like LA comedy scene is in it and it's just yeah. a goofy thing where I play I play an alien <laughs> in uh Egyptian times who has is like selling pyramids Amazing. but it's a real pyramid scheme like a literal pyramid <laughs> scheme so it's like you so it's like you can make a pyramid but what you do is you sell those materials for other people to make pyramids and then you sell them the materials so you make the money from the pyramid it's a great yeah. concept that is a great concept. I was literally at the pyramids this week. This week at the pyramids. How close do you get to be to them? I, w- I was lucky enough to go um, with my friend Peter Goober, who owns the Golden State Warriors and very accomplished man, world traveler. And he puts these incredible trips together. And he was able to have them shut down the, the entire complex. It was just us at the pyramids and the Sphinx with the leading Egyptologist in the planet. What? Yeah. I mean, if, but, if you- But what do you mean was able to? What does that take? Planning? Planning. And I think it takes a, a substantial donation to the Egyptologist, you know, and then they do it for people. I mean, you'll see a photo of Will Smith there, President Clinton. So they definitely do it, but it's it's wow. very, very, very rare. Like- to be next to the Sphinx and walk around it and touch it. And usually you can't, like, you know, if you just go there, you can't get anywhere really near it. Um, and it's the Egyptologist, by the way, was not having any of the ancient alien stuff. Cause I tried, I was like, <laughs> I brought it up and he was not happy. 
He was there. Can I tell you, they are not down to clown with no. the ancient alien stuff. No. At all. He's like, you think I studied this much for you to make it turn this into a joke? I'm like, it's not a joke. Uh, I mean, what if, 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 if it's actually an energy source and that the obelisks <laughs> are part of the energy source? And uh, he was, no, nope. he, he like, shut no. it down fast. No, he's like, uh, I, I discovered the village um, last year with the papyrus that talks about, I had this many people working for me. Wow. I had this many calves we slaughtered. So people built it. I'm like, well, what, but did they though? Or did they just refurbish it <laughs> from when? And he's like, I'll answer your question. No, they did it. They made it. Now, what was your like, what, from looking at photos, what, seeing it live or seeing it in person? Yeah. What didn't you realize? It is one of those places, if you ever are blessed enough to, to go there, nothing can prepare you for it. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Now, granted, I like history, so I'm predisposed to loving something like that. But you go there and you're, it blows your mind. The scale, the how old it is. And what you realize is if that what they were doing, the, the ancient Egyptians, and on such a scale, level of sophistication and scope everywhere, uh, everywhere, and it's basically lost to the sands of time, mm -hmm. that that could happen to us in two seconds. Like we, we kind of think that we're the top dog and we're on top of everything and we're the, it could happen to us just as easily. If it happened to them, then that's what you get when you go there. Wow. You know what I mean? That's what you, what I come away with. I wonder what people learned about history, Egyptian history in say 1600. Mm -hmm. So this was buried. What, what, what did people know about Egypt before they've discovered anything like this? Like, what would you, that's exactly the issue. Um, I got, here's the thing I, I, that blows my mind. Cleopatra lived closer to the invention of the iPhone than she did to the building of the pyramids. How is that possible? That's the math. That's how old the pyramids are. So if we met Cleopatra, we'd be like, hey, you, you know, you're so great. Um, what's it like being from the time of the pyramids? She would be like, I'm not from then. She's like, the pyramids? That's from you, way that's, before That's That's way before. That's, that's ancient history. Don't, don't pin me. Don't connect me to that. I got to see, I got to take a selfie with Tutankhamun, his body, his head. What? They just unwrapped him. They just unwrapped his mummy last year. But if you go on my Instagram, you can see a, a selfie I took with Tutankhamun. Oh, I got to see it. I was going to ask you what, is, he looked, what he looks like. His head is very small. It was unbelievable. But I, I want to see you playing in Egypt. Did you have a, like a head, like a, were you dressed like King Oh, Tut? oh, oh. No, they really, like, because it's this kind of, I, I'll, I'll even call it a sketch show, they made it really, uh, like, goofy looking. Meaning, <laughs> I look like it, I look like someone dressed up as an alien, dressed up as a an Egyptian. That sounds delicious. So it's like an alien face, but like with Egyptian stuff on. So That sounds delicious was, to me. It was like, it was dumb and fun. Dumb and fun, yeah. and, th and that brings me back to unstable. It's both smart and dumb at the same time. That's the sweet spot. That's the place to be. I got to say, like, you, because of Parks and Rec, oh, actually, I mean, maybe even going back to Hotel New Hampshire, but, like, I feel like basically you're in that comedy world anyway. So getting to do those scenes with you, I just felt like was – I felt like a link to all those, all the comedy stuff you've done. I love that. That's a huge compliment coming from you. I mean, I, my comedy idols, you're, you're definitely one of them. And I, I thought we had so much fun and we do, if we get to do a season two, we've thought of some really fun stuff. I hope you'll come back. Oh, we, absolutely. We, we got, I mean, I, I'm, I'm half tempted to tell you what, what the opening of season two is. And it is. <laughs> amazing for you and I. Great. Amazing. Great. I'm in in a second. Well, hopefully everybody out there is watching um, on Netflix. Uh, it's out now. 
um, unstable. And the more you watch it, the more likely Fred and I get to work together again. So that's you, right. You got, you got to download it. You got to watch the. Here's the other thing. One thing, I'll, and I'll finish with this. I really wanted the show to be fast. I wanted it to fly, and it does. You can watch the entire season of Unstable in less time than it took you on Netflix to watch The Irishman. That's a good use of your <laughs> that's, time. That's good use of time. That might be the ad. Did you? Uh, were you? I mean, technically, you couldn't edit, but were you? Did you? Uh, I did chime yes. in. Oh, I, I more than chimed in. Great. I, I was in there all the way through yeah. the editing. I mean, it was a, you know, it's, it's my son, myself and Victor Fresco. So there's a negotiation that goes on. I don't, I didn't win every battle, but I, I won a lot of them. And, uh, and, and I, I definitely exerted a lot of will on the editing cause I'm a big believer that it, sh- that, that it should fly. Comedy should fly. Yeah. I, I didn't, you know, there was a lot of discussion about like letting a joke land and all that stuff and i I don't believe in that i'm with you everyone also everyone's busy everyone's just like we you know lingering on something no just no lingering no loitering no lingering no lingering no loitering that should be boy that should be a sign in editors rooms no loitering meaning you don't have to like sit and with the joke and think about it and that was a big that was a we had a big discussion about that and and happily at the end of the day I I won that discussion cuz yeah. I, I think it might be a generational thing I don't know but but all of my favorite comedies are like you almost can't laugh because it's coming at you so fast yeah and you don't miss it it's the stuff no. you cut out you don't miss no no for sure well this has been great I uh, hopefully we'll be we'll be seeing each other again this summer to have some more fun I hope so too on unstable it's always great yeah. to see you this is a good excuse for us to get to talk and hang out. I know, for sure. You can't, Fred, he's undeniable. What are you going to do? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Super fun always to see Fred. Don't forget, you can catch him at Permanent Records Roadhouse, playing his tunes, doing his thing. Police on my back. That's the one I want to hear. Again, uh, if you had any fun, listen to us. Don't forget, Netflix. Unstable, currently streaming. He's super funny. I guarantee it. Ring, ring. What's that? Ooh, it's the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line, where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hi, Rob. Uh, This is Anne from South Bend, Indiana. Um, I've heard people in show business say you should never work with children or animals, but between Dog Gone and Holiday in the Wild, it seems like you're running towards projects where you get to work with animals in gorgeous locations. So I'm wondering, um, what were those experiences like, and how was it working with those animals, and how does it make you feel about working with animals again in the future? Love the podcast. Thanks for taking my question. Oh, thank you so much. Um, It is true that working with kids and animals is technically difficult. Forget the fact that you're you're likely to be upstaged. Because let's face it, if a kid, if a little cute kid brings their A game or a cute dog brings their A game, there's no actor that's good enough to stand up to that. I don't care if you're Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm sorry. People love a good dog and they love a cute kid. You're you're just screwed. You're going to be second fiddle. My ego can take it. Uh, I'm capable of being second fiddle. The real reason also, though, is technically kids can only work a certain amount of time. So it's it's a very complicated scheduling, makes the days longer. And animals, you know, they're animals. They're not actors. So in Dog Gone, the dog had to jump through a screen door. He'd been training for months to do it. And he wouldn't do it, just wouldn't do it, didn't want to do it. And so then you have to re-figure out the sequence. So there's always going to be something when you're working with an animal. But that said, I do like movies that have kids and, and animals in them because they're touchstones. Animals and kids are things that we love. And if you're doing a movie with that, then you're likely 
dealing with a theme that's going to be um, important to people and that people are going to relate to. And I know I relate to a really good dog movie. So very, very happy. So thank you all who made a doggone number one movie on Netflix. And thank you for the question. Anyway, I'll see you next week. Um, I'll be happy to be back with more fun and games here on Literally. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Rob Schulte, with help from associate producer Sarah Bagar. Our research is done by Alyssa Grawl. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. All of the music on this podcast was composed by Devin Bryant. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally with Rob Lowe. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. mobilecom